Welcome to the Insurgents Podcast with Frank Viola. And he's brought a friend. This is the podcast that supplements Frank's groundbreaking book, Insurgents, Reclaiming the Gospel of the Kingdom, which is shaking up the Christian world. You can find out details about the book at insurgents.org. Sit back, open all four ears, physical and spiritual, and join the insurgents. Here's Frank. Welcome to another edition of the Insurgents Podcast. Amen. And I have my friend and brother in the Lord here, Jeffrey Harley. What's up, everybody? Otherwise known as Denzel. Denzel. If you ever listen to Denzel Washington speak <laughs> or preach, you are hearing Jeff. The two are indistinguishable. Well, amen. I lost count of... Which episode number this is? I think it's somewhere around 1,230. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, okay. I was thought it was like 1,100 something, but 1,230, yeah. <laughs> My throat's starting to fill like it was 1,500, yeah. Nah. Break the lozenges out. Nah, I'm good. Well, we hope that you have listened to all the previous episodes of this podcast, and if not, if someone has shared this one with you, go back and listen to the others, because some of what we're going to say in this episode is built on what we have shared in previous episodes. Amen. But we're going to talk about the political system okay, and the kingdom of God. As we've already established, and as I've established in the book, Insurgents and the Supplemental Article, The Origins of Human Government and Hierarchy, the political system is part of the world system. Amen. It's just another branch. Yes. And tragically, the hope of many Christians is tied into who is in power, who has political power, who is in office. And this is the reason why there is such anger, controversy, vitriol, passion every time there's a new election. Yeah, every cycle. Every cycle. And Christians, regrettably, are at one another's throats. Yeah. Because they equate their political party and or favorite candidates with the kingdom of God, even though they may not use that language. Yeah. But that's where their hope is. Yes. You yes. don't become passionate yeah. about something unless your hope and trust is tied into it. Wow, that's good. That's good. I'm not going to repeat all the things that I have pointed out in the book and previous episodes and messages and in one of the interviews I did that is on this podcast. Mm-hmm. All insurgents have tendered their resignation from the world system. Amen. That's true. Amen. But some believe it extends to the issue of voting. And so some insurgents say, I am not going to vote because I do not want to be entangled mm-hmm. in the political system on any level on any because level. it's part of the world system. Mm-hmm. God is not running it. Christ is not the head of it, and I don't want to be entangled in it. I don't want to be ensnarled by it. And just as I don't vote in Russian elections because I'm not a Russian citizen, that's another civilization, that's another country, the thinking is neither am I going to vote in the elections of my country, which is part of fallen civilization, because I don't belong to it. I don't belong to the world system. I don't belong to the political system. I belong to this colony of heaven called the kingdom of God, which is an alternative civilization. So if I'm not going to vote in Russian elections because I'm not part of that civilization, neither am I going to do so in the country and where I live. 
In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, and I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible, it reads, No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Mm. Wow. So some insurgents take that position when it comes to voting. Other insurgents, however, will vote in some political elections. Mm -hmm. But the criteria they use to cast their vote is very different from that of most Christians and most individuals. I do want to read a passage out of 1 Timothy chapter 2, because I think this text will surprise many people when it's put in the context of our present political system. Okay. Okay. It's 1 Timothy 2, verse 1. First of all, Paul of Tarsus is speaking. First of all, then, I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, mm -hmm. for kings, and all those who are in authority. All right, so let's just hit pause there. Jeff, he's saying to Timothy, mm -hmm. and by virtue of Timothy, without doubt, the desire there is for Timothy to share this with the Lord's people. Amen. To whom he's ministering. He wants, and this is a priority, he says, first of all. First of all, yeah. To give petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving. Wow. For kings. Kings. And all those who are in authority. Now, isn't that fascinating? Give thanksgiving? Mm. Well, what about that king that's on the throne right now who is eventually going to kill Paul Tarsus? Wow. Give thanks for him? Wow. That's interesting. That's good, man. That is a pointing to the sovereignty of God. Yes. You know, yes. It is wow. a pointing to the sovereignty of God. Petitions, prayers intercessions, and thanksgiving. Mm. So, let's contemporize it. I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for those in office, and all those who are in authority, President Donald Trump. Mm. Everyone. Vice President Mike Pence. Mm -hmm. President Barack Obama. Mm. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. Ooh, tight but it's right. And on and on and on. Mm, uh, you know, of course, we're Ooh. doing this podcast in October of 2018. There is yes. an election in, what, two weeks? Yeah. Whatever, it's right around the corner. Yeah. Probably a week. Yeah. Between a week and two weeks, folks. Yeah. And it's for the Senate and the House. Yes, yeah, third of the Senate and all the House. And if you talk to anybody who is wedded to politics, who is on the left... They're going to say, this is the most important election that's going to change the course of history. I've so heard people say that. get out and vote. And yeah. if you talk to anybody on the political right who's wedded to the political system, they're going to say, this is an important election. Our country is going to go down the tubes if we don't get it right. And so you need to go out and vote. So there you have it. It's, Seems like they agree on that. <laughs> they agree on that. It's the only thing they'll do. <laughs> yeah, All right, but I'm not finished. Yeah. Okay, so Paul, why should... God's people pray and intercede for and give thanks for all of those who are in authority. Hmm. Why? Why pray? So that, so that, so that we may, we may, we, God's people, the God's kingdom people. community, the citizens of the kingdom, so that we, the kingdom community, may lead a tranquil 
and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. Mm. Now, isn't that strange? He didn't say, so that we can get better jobs, so that we can solve the immigration problem, so that we can have health care, so that uh -oh. we can stop abortion, so that we can help the poor, so that we can have more housing, so that I'm just listing all of the, all the things, issues yeah, that people call that. But the focus is the kingdom of God, the people of the kingdom, yeah. may lead a life that's godly yes. and not be hindered from doing that. Yes. Not be bothered yeah. by oh, government. Wow. Yes. By government officials. To so that, that we kingdom. may lead a tranquil, that's peaceful. We can yes. live in peace, peace. Yes. and do our thing, which is live for the kingdom of God, wow. exemplify Jesus Christ, Whew. preach the gospel of the kingdom, mm. meet Anywhere we want, homes, coffee shops, yes. etc., buildings, yes. so that we can lead a peaceful and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and it pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So if Paul is saying pray for those people so that, so that. we can live in peace and we can live godly, then that would be the same criteria if you're a voting person, mm -hmm. some people don't feel to vote out of their conscience. But if you're a voting person, that would be the same criteria as well. If you're going to pray for it, then if you have a voting voice, it's going to be for the same reason. So that the kingdom of God can advance. Yes. So that we as kingdom people can live in peace and be free and unhindered to live godly and to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. Now that is fascinating, and it's a totally different way of looking at the subject of politics. And I'm not suggesting that this is the only thing that Scripture says about it, but it sure is a big one. It sure is a big one. But let's talk about the political system. What the political system is, is in effect part of the world system. So we must understand that any time a Christian gets involved with it, on any level, mm -hmm. there is a potential for corruption. And this is why many godly people go into politics and end up being corrupted by it. Yes. Or chewed up and spit out. Yes. Or absolutely if they stick to their guns and they live godly and they live for Jesus Christ and they proclaim Jesus Christ, they typically don't get elected. <laughs> Jesus, he stood outside the political system of his day. He stood outside the progressive left embodied in the Sadducees. He stood outside of the mm -hmm. conservative right, which was embodied in the Pharisees. And he was building a completely new civilization. Yes, absolutely. Called the kingdom of God that had its own politics. You know, politics, the word really has to do with all that's associated with governing. And so there is the politics of Jesus, which yes. is all about how he governs. He governs. Over his body, through his body. Yes, to his body. Mm. He is the head of the Ecclesia. Yes. And so it's about his governing in the earth. We talk about the politics of Jesus. But you had a story to tell. It was a wonderful story to kind of illustrate many different aspects of this issue regarding the political system and the kingdom. But so why don't you share that with sure. the, the yeah. three people who are listening right now? <laughs> who still kept it on. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I heard a lot of iPhones and Androids turn off at yeah, one point yeah. while I was speaking. Turn it back on. I have a, a brother in the Lord, and he's a pastor of a uh, you know conservative, predominantly dominant culture church. And 
uh, I would say a few years ago, we uh, we served together at a rescue mission. He was heating up his lunch, and I was coming to get my lunch to put in the microwave. And, you know, he says, you know, Brother Jeff, give me a high five. He says, uh, this one particular candidate had uh, released some tax documents and was, was okay. And, and I didn't give him a high five. And he said, well, what's, what's the matter? And I said, well, I'm for the other candidate. And he said, I, I thought you were saved, brother. And I says, wow, I, I didn't know that my criteria for salvation was on who I pulled, you know, pulled the lever for when I went into the voting booth by myself. Anyhow, we began to clash and we clashed for several months. We would debate and argue about which one of the parties that we felt strongly about, why it was more godly, better than the other party. There were times when we'd have these conversations, and definitely afterwards, where, where the Holy Spirit was convicting me, was pointing out to me that this was not pleasing to the Lord. But I overrid that because of my disobedience, just, just plain and simple. So we approached one another, and unbeknownst to me, the Holy Spirit was, was doing the same thing to this brother. And so we ended up having a conversation, and we says, listen, we, we got to clear the deck here. Christ is head of both our lives, and, and we have to allow him to be enthroned in this conversation. And, and we have to sit and start having conversations where the basis is Christ is the head of our lives. And I wish we would have seen that scripture that Frankie V just pointed out to us. But um, you know, we began having those conversations and, and talking from the Christian perspective, Oh, and we actually did something else. Before we talked, we actually decided to pray, which we weren't doing before. And it wasn't overnight. It literally took about a year, year and a half, where we began after these intentional, and they were very uncomfortable conversations for both of us in the beginning, but the Lord gave us the grace to, to persevere through. And so after about a year and a half, pushing two years, we got to a place where we just loved one another. And so, you know, he's pastoring a predominantly dominant culture, church that he says very conservative, a conservative denomination. And uh, I was pastoring a church in the inner city of Philadelphia, predominantly African-American church. And so one day it came in my spirit, you know what? I went to the brother and I said, on Resurrection Sunday, we should switch pulpits. Mm. I said, we should... You know, because Jesus, you know, we're celebrating his, his resurrection from the dead in that day, new creation being, you know, coming into the earth. And we should switch pulpits and I go to your church and you just let your leadership know and vice versa and just, you know, start doing that flavor and start moving like that. And his initial reaction was, wow, that's a great idea. A couple of days later, he came back and said, brother, I can't do that. As we talked about it, just to cut to the chase is, uh, he just felt that the people in the congregation that he served would just be too offended by me being there. Plus, he rightfully, you know, said that there's no telling what you might get there and say, Jeff, that would confront them. And he says, I just, I just, you know, I just can't take that chance. And so yeah, I kind of pestered him about it because we always eat lunch together and talk and a whole year went by, I was coming up to a whole year, and I started pressing him by. I said, come on, man, we, we got to do this, man. I said, this is going to help, you know, the body of Christ, and this, this yes. could be a testament. It, I mean, you, you don't know what the Lord might do. And he, he said, man, he says, look here, brother, 
He says, they'll fire me. Mm. And he says, and then if I get fired for that, it'll be difficult for me to get another pulpit in my denomination. Mm. I understood what he was saying, but at the same time, I was like, well, you know what? You can come over and co-pastor with me and we'll split whatever I get. But long story short, it's a shame that as believers, and, and me and this brother, we would always look in John 17 and say, we want to be the answer to one mm-hmm. of Jesus' prayers. And Jesus says, Father, I gave them the glory that you gave me so that they may be one. Mm-hmm. And here it is, you know, he's given us the life, the divine life, the glory, the manifestation of that life. So why? So that we could be one. Mm-hmm. And I always felt convicted that Jesus is praying this prayer and we could be a part of the answer to that prayer, but we're going to, because of our political disagreements, mm-hmm. not be the answer to that prayer. And then not only that, on the other hand, bring our prayers and petitions to him, uh, seeking him to answer our prayers and not be the answer to his. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when, when Frank V just read this verse in First Timothy 2, one, first of all, then, I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and all those who are in authority. Usually, when, even when he was reading it, what came in my spirit was that usually we stop right there. And then, if it's the party that's in office that we support, we say, all right, we got to pray for that person. Mm-hmm. And if it's not the one that we don't support, like, I'm not praying for him. And then, vice versa. But... Until I read Insurgents, and, you know, we talked about seminary, and, you know, it's not the seminary's fault, I didn't keep reading this further, but this was never brought out to me. Why? The why? So that we may lead a tranquil, peaceful, and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good, and it pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Mm. And for me, that we can be that kingdom community, under the headship of Jesus Christ, in face-to-face community, doing what? Being the light to the world. And to allow politics, which is, as you just said, a branch, a part out of the world system, to divide us. You know, when you kind of put it that way, that we could live a peaceful life. And so when I when I hear you read that, brother, what, what made me think was, why? Like you said, you said, like, not so that we could get more housing, not so that we could have a stronger military, not so that we can have tax cuts, not so that we can have entitlement programs. Whatever side you are on that, the Lord says why? So that we can what? Build kingdom cells, kingdom communities, the ecclesia, to be the eternal purpose of God in the earth. Yes. That's why. And I never read further. Until I just heard you read that. Yeah. And I read it in Insurgency, and I heard it in the Deeper Christian Life Network. We talked about that, and in the article, which, by the way, if you got the book, if you haven't got the book, get the book. If you get the book, you got to go read that resource webpage, and you got to read that. you got to print that, whatever it takes, and read that. Because I believe, man, Frankie V, you did a comprehensive, thorough exegesis and dissertation, even of the political system, its roots, and everything, and even brought more clarity to some verses that, like in Romans 13 and things, that was just excellent. But my point is, if that's the purpose of what we are to pray for, and if I'm going to, and I love how you said that, if I'm going to pray for that, then that should be my guiding factor 
what leads me, even when I go mm. to select someone, if I'm a voter. These are challenging concepts. And again, we talked in a previous uh, podcast about culture. And, you know, I talked about how, you know, the particular culture can be a governing mechanism of how you order life and you're not even aware of it. And so this can be an aspect even of politics. I should be guided by what is going to allow us mm. to develop divine habitats Yes, where Amen. we can flourish in the body. Because right. that's the hope of the that's, world. That's the hope. That's the hope. It's not the not my party. It's not my party. Yeah. It's not the political system. The political system is not going to solve the problems of the world. Nope. It is not going to fix the problems of the world. It never has. It never has. Every problem that exists today has existed in the past. Yeah. Amen. And the political system has not solved the problems of racism. Nope. It's not solved the problems of injustice. It's not solved the problem of crime. Yeah. It's not solved the problem of human conflict. It's not solved the problem of immorality. Mm. It's not solved the problem of inequality. Mm. And it never will. And Jesus Christ is the only hope in the world. Now, if you have kingdom communities yes. in cities and in towns and in villages... And that kingdom community is living the life of the kingdom. They are helping each other with Amen. work. They yes. are helping each other Amen. with addictions. They are helping each other with all of the behaviors that we see in the world that are the root cause of all the problems of the Amen. world. Amen. They're helping each other find work. They're helping each other with health. They're helping each other with money. <laughs> yes. You see what I mean? Yes. That's what the kingdom community is. It is the light in a dark world. It is the hope in a world without hope. When we look at the church as we know it, churches, we don't see all those things. No. no. You know why? Because people just gather together a couple times a week and they hardly even know each other. Yeah. And they're not connected as family, you see? Yeah. I look at it this way too, Jeffrey. Think about this. What if Jesus of Nazareth was living as a human being visibly? Mm -hmm. Instead of in the first century, he was living today. Okay. On the planet. And let's say he was in the, the state of Texas. Okay. Guess I'd have to move to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But he's itinerant. See? Yeah. So oh, he travels, okay. So he okay. travels okay. and he also uses... He's a 21st century man, so he uses yeah. airplanes, okay. he uses automobiles. A Twitter account, Facebook. He is on Facebook, yeah. he is on Twitter, he has a blog, he even has a podcast. Mm. And now, Jesus of Nazareth, he's now Jesus of Texas. Okay. And he's doing all the things he did in the first century. He's healing the sick, he's casting out demons, he's training men and women, and he is preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Yeah. Right? Now, you know what's going to determine my vote? I see this man, Jesus, as the hope of the world. Mm -hmm. The criteria is, how are the politicians running for office going to treat Jesus? How are they going to let him do his thing? Uh -huh. Are they going to let him meet anywhere he wants? Mm -hmm. Coffee shops, homes, buildings? Are they going to let him travel and preach the gospel yeah. of the kingdom? Are they going to allow him to say anything he wants on Facebook? Yeah. Are they going to allow him to do his thing? Or are they going to hinder it? And if any of those candidates are hostile to him, mm -hmm. guess what? I'm not voting for him. Amen. Amen. And if any of those candidates want to make it possible for him to do his thing mm -hmm. without any hindrance, mm -hmm. 
they would get my vote. Now, that is if I'm a voting person. Yeah. But I'm just saying, if I'm going to express my voice in the political system by way of vote, that's what I'm going to do. Well, brother, First Timothy 2 is saying the same thing. That's what it's saying. Because yeah. it's saying when it says we, that we might live yeah, we. the way of godliness and be at peace. That we is the corporate expression of Christ. Amen. That we is yes. Jesus Christ on the earth, yes. collectively, through his people. We are his hands and his feet. Alive today. And his mouth and his ears. We are his extension in the earth. That's what the ecclesia is. Amen. That's a totally different way of looking at voting. It is. It Completely really is. different. And that is if it you're really going to vote, yeah. if you're a voting person. Brother Frank V, man, that's, to be honest, this is the first time I've heard it put that way. And, you know, it says, this is good, and it pleases. It God pleases. It pleases. It pleases. It pleases. I want to please my Lord and Savior. It pleases him who wants everyone to be saved. Yes. And to come to the knowledge of the truth. How are they going to be saved except that the body of Christ gets to do what she's designed to do? And Amen. that is display and express yes. and reveal Jesus Christ yes. and to be able to unleash the gospel of the kingdom yes. in the planet. Yes. And be that in the earth. Yes. And come to the knowledge of the truth. And be that divine habitat. Amen. Brother. Yeah, so that the new believer and the current believers can continue to grow and flourish in the knowledge of the truth. And us and the insurgents, we really, really want that even the more. I mean, it's, I'll say radical because it gets to the root of the issue. It gets to the root. And it's transformative. And it's, for me, I'm going to just take a wild guess that most of you that are listening to our voice, it's a whole new paradigm way of seeing it. And it gets back to being renewed in our minds Amen. by the word of God. Praise the Lord, man. Praise That's the Lord. powerful. Well, there's a whole lot more to be said about this. And you will be able to see a blog post entitled, Should Insurgents Vote in Political Elections? Mm-hmm. You'll see my answer to that question. There's also an article on identity politics mm-hmm. and some other articles on politics, both in the book Insurgents in supplemental articles on the Insurgents book website and on my blog. In fact, to make it easy for folks if they're really interested in this, those of you who still stayed on this podcast, we may be talking to one and a half people. (laughs) You can go to frankviola.org forward slash kingdom. So the name of my blog, forward slash kingdom. And and Jeff, that has all the articles that I have written in the Gospel of the Kingdom series. Yes. And those are not found in the book. I think maybe one or two may be an overlap. But all of those are new. So there's just a lot of material, free material, yes, that you can look at to just expand your framework and look at some of these subjects that are so tired and so old and all the talking points yes. of the progressive left and the conservative right, they're all the same Every time a new issue comes along, whatever is in the news cycle, yes, the same thing happens. You can just predict the social media feed, the cable news networks, the newspapers, the websites are either going to take the side of the conservative right and they're all going to have the same exact talking points or they're going to take the side of the progressive left and they're going to have the same exact talking points. And the Lord is coming at it from a totally different perspective 
just as he did in the first century. He didn't side with the Pharisees or the Sadducees. He presented a completely different viewpoint. It's yes. the same way yes. with the body of yes. Christ today. Yes. Those of us who are tapping into his mind. Amen. And it doesn't sound like the left, and it doesn't sound like the That's right. right. That's right. It doesn't. You know, I, I said in the earlier podcast, you know, the Lord ministered to me after our Deeper Christian Life Network conference earlier this year. He said, you know, he said, son, think about it. When, when I was crucified, I rose from the dead and stayed with the disciples for 40 days. Herod was still king of the Jews. Yeah. Caesar was still, you know, Caesar in Rome. And the Pharisees and Sadducees were still the religious leaders in the temple. I went ahead and did everything that I saw the Father wanted me to do. I completed my mission. And none of it had to do with who was the religious leader, who was the king of the Jews, Herod, or Caesar. I did what I was called to do. And it did not change who was there. And if my mission depended on Caesar not being king, or Herod, mm. then the Father would have had me do that. Because I only did, I lived by the indwelling life of the Father. Yeah. And so now you live, my body lives by my indwelling life. And as I've heard Frankie V say, and I love it, Jesus's history is our destiny. You know, I'm going to add a little postscript here, and that is this. Even if you're a voting person and you vote for a candidate or a political party, that you believe best supports the kingdom of God, the gospel of the kingdom, the kingdom people, but best aids and allows for the body of Christ to live at peace and to live godly. And your guys don't get in, but the other party gets in. And let's just say, worst case scenario, they're hostile mm -hmm. to the body of Christ. They're hostile to okay. the kingdom. They're hostile to Jesus. Then take heart with this. Mm. When the ecclesia of God is persecuted, it ends up being a good thing for God's interests. Amen. It grows. It becomes more committed and devoted. Mm. And so even if, even if, even if the prayer of First Timothy 2 is not answered in a season of world history as it hasn't been <laughs> in the past, even if that prayer is not answered, and even if that vote doesn't come to pass, and you're on the losing side, yeah. Jesus Christ is still going to get what he wants. He's still going to use those in power the way he wants yes. for the strengthening and spreading of the kingdom of God. And this has been true throughout history. Yes. If you look at all of the kings and emperors that stood on the throne and all the presidents and prime ministers that were in position, God's ecclesia survives it all. Amen. And is still here, brother. It's still here. And Jesus is still on the throne. You said in the First Timothy 2, Paul says to pray, and he's praying for even this Caesar, this king, that's going to be the one to order his execution. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the book of Acts 28, verses 30, 31, it says, Paul stayed two whole years in his own rented house, and he welcomed all who visited him. Verse 31, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Without hindrance. Without hindrance. While he's in house arrest, if you will, in Rome. But then at the end of Philippians, his final greetings in verse 21, 
He says, Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you greetings. Then he says, All the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. All right. So he's there boldly proclaiming the kingdom of God message. Right at Caesar's doorstep. Right at Caesar's doorstep. Right under his nose. Yeah. People in Caesar's household are coming to the ecclesia. Yeah. And growing in the things of the Lord and living in face to face community, and Caesar's going to execute him, but the That's ecclesia right. is still growing and flourishing. Yes, it is. And it's still in here. In spite of. Amen. Years Amen. Later. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I think on that high note, we'll end this episode, and we will look forward to seeing you again. You have a great week. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Insurgents Podcast and give it a five-star review on iTunes. This will help others find it. Also, you can join Frank's unfiltered email list at frankviola.org and receive encouragement, challenges, and insights connected to the gospel of the kingdom. Remember, the Insurgents has begun. Don't miss it.